You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You're joined by myself, Lawson. I've got across from me at the desk, none other than Big Matthew, who is going to give us our next quiz clue. Okay, firing away with this next fourth question. Fill in the blank. Jesus said unto her, I am the blank and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Ooh. Good, good question there. All right. You fill in the blank, guys. Yeah. Simply as that, just send us the word that fills in the blank. Jesus said unto her, I am the blank yeah. and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John chapter 11 and verse 25. There's a reference, so it shouldn't be too difficult. So mm. those who've got your Bibles, I guess you've got a little head start. That's those who right. haven't, you do have your phones. Hey, but try and so guess this it. one as well. We would love you, you know, use that big brain of yours. Guys, this is your penultimate opportunity to get in for the quiz. We'll have one more question after this, and then that's it. No more draw, like, well, no more quizzes. The draw will be set and the wheel will be spun and we will have a winner. So 0491-064-669. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. Lawson, what's I up? have a question for you. Oh, what's, what's up? Based on the uh, you know, that nice segment we had uh, with Jeremy Dixon about mm-hmm. cookies. Yeah. I, I remember Shell was sharing something about... Uh, sharing cookies with your neighbor. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. I know you guys have been embroiled in, in advent activities in your household and amongst your family and your, you, for your, you and your husband and your kids and their kids and families. <laughs> it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of doing an advent challenge, like a kindness challenge and, and um, this month. And one of our challenges was to make cookies, like mm-hmm. Christmas cookies and take them to a neighbor. And give them the cookies. Mm. And my mailman had mentioned that um, one of my neighbors had lost their husband. And that when I was walking the other day, I saw like a little uh, tribute at someone's house. And I'm like, oh, that's obviously the house. Mm. So I took my cookies there. I was actually kind of expecting an elderly lady who'd lost her her spouse. But mm. <laughs> heard me. <laughs> Oh, and, but um, she was very young, and her mm, husband wow. had, was uh, 31, and he passed away Oof, in June um, from stage 4 cancer wow. that had been dragging out for a very long time. And mm. yeah, they have two little boys, and oh. she's been living in that area for eight years. We've only been here for three, but we're, we're trying to meet all of our neighbors. She's, she's like uh, two blocks down from our place, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, she she said, "I've never met a neighbor before. No, nope, wow. not even my next door neighbors. I've never met any of them." And wow. so this is really, really special. And she's like, "I can't believe that you even noticed my my thing, you know." And so we had a really nice chat. And I'm trying to think of what's the best next step to try to reconnect, you know. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of ideas, but mm. yeah, it was a really. A really cool experience, a good thing to do. I highly recommend um, just listening to the other stories of some of our other family members. Yeah, Mm. everybody's bar one (laughs) had a good experience doing this. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think there in in, in this situation, we know that Jesus is close to the grieving. And it's simultaneously we want to share this love and this kindness with people because Jesus inspires us to, but also in the hopes that they could make the decision as well, you know, through spending time, through our influence, uh, that God would be able to work on their hearts and they would be able to see him and know him. And that, that's that's the hope. That's right. That's mm. right. 
So, dude, amazing stuff. And I think that I, I really look forward to Christmas time because it opens up those doors. And I think we, we've had some conversation here on The Breakfast Show about, oh, Christmas, you know, do you, don't you, pagan origins, these kinds of things that, that we totally understand. You know, we know that Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. We know we know that Easter it shouldn't be on a lunar cycle, right? And the word Easter has nothing to do with the crucifixion, like these different things. But it does highlight, you know, you guys doing Advent Challenge and kindness and making cookies and because it's of just the festive less, it's season. It's less awkward and more yeah. expected at this time of year. So That's it right. gives you opportunity to share things. That, That's right. Because people are hearing music about being this way, you know, that this is the time for giving, the time for sharing, the mm. time for kindness, you know. And obviously this is something we want yes. 12 months out of the year. Yeah. But Everybody's kind of more focused on it right now, that's right. so it, it takes away. It, it, it kind of gives you a push, and yeah, that's we right. should take advantage of that. And yeah, even in the you know the secular Christmas songs, they hear those lines, you know, um, faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more, something like that. And the, yeah, it, it is just like a subconscious vibe of hey, it's it's Christmas. Let's draw close to one I've another. Got a, I've got a nice alliteration to sum this up. Oh it's, yeah, it's baking biscuits to build bridges to the broken. Well, mate, you are a poet in here this morning, Matthew. Get it done. Bra- baking biscuits to build bridges to the broken. That is powerful. Hey, hey, we, you know, we don't claim to know everything or solve all the world's problems, but we do say some pretty cool stuff sometimes, and Matthew is right on the ball. Hey, speaking of cool things, we've got a text message in from Wayne, and this is regarding Israel and Gaza, Hamas, you know, some of the issues that are happening over there, and, and the story that we talked about regarding the intolerance that we see happening in the United States towards Jewish people because of the actions of the IDF, which again, we said, hey, the war, the death, the killing, not good, like not in support. We're also very much not religiously Zionist. We're not dispensationalists here at Faith FM either. So we don't have a stake in terms of wanting to see the rebuilding of the Third Temple. We've got this text message in from Wayne. He says, Good morning, uh, you know, Lawson and Matthew and Shell. Blessings, discussion about Israel and Gaza. It is a sad situation about them trying to build a third temple, actually. Jesus said in John chapter 2, 19 through 21, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Amen. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. This is John 15 verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Jesus is the temple. Christ is in us. We are the temple of God. Well, the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Um, as Sabbath approaches and every day, remember what Jesus gave for us. Whatever happens in this world, remember Jesus overcame the world. Stay steadfast to Jesus and the temple will never fall again. Amen. Have a happy Sabbath. We are under God's protections um, and in the promises of the sanctuary. Isn't that powerful? Oh my! I'm this is away. this is amazing. Like I love this so much because the perspective of a rebuilt temple. What we understand, right, is that the temple on Earth is a reflection of the temple 
in heaven. We believe in a heavenly sanctuary that was reflected in an earthly sanctuary that was built by, you know, the Israelite nation and was used, you know, for the purpose of the remission of sins. You know, you'd have the the sacrifice of the lamb and the blood being taken into the sanctuary and the holy place, the most holy place through the sanctuary services and whatnot. But then in Jesus, we see that actually Jesus dies and there is a, there is a split in the veil in the temple. It's the temple is now ready to be destroyed and gotten rid of. Like there is no more need for the temple why because jesus's work here on earth is done he's going to return to the heavenly sanctuary where he will continue his work but also that we ourselves become in a way it's a bit of an allegory here where we become a sanctuary because now god dwells in us and i believe that all time the bible makes it clear like the holy spirit was dispensed to holy men of old this yes. is what the bible says and and those holy men of old this is a new testament quote talking about the old testament that the holy spirit spirit is given to people it convicts people of sin it gives them power this is throughout all time throughout all history but now you know in a post jesus in a post i wouldn't say post jesus because he's in heaven you know making you know remission for sins advocating for us he's he's our high priest he is our he is our advocate he stands on our side all of these different things but in a post temple world in a post temple reality after the destruction of the temple in israel because of its lack of need now we sit in a situation in which we commune with God directly. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. And as the Bible says, it's Exodus 25, where the Bible would say, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell with my people. Hey, now God dwells in our hearts. You know, you said something so powerful just now, Lawson. Mm-hmm. You said we can worship God directly. Yeah. And there's a story where Jesus visits the woman of Samaria. And yeah, then, I love this. You remember that where in, in summary, she, she uh, Jesus says to her, because they claim to have Jacob's well, mm-hmm. they claim that worship's in the mountain. Yeah. And he says, neither in that mountain or in this temple. Yeah, on Jerusalem. In yeah. Jerusalem, but they will worship me in spirit. spirit. And in truth, truth, that yeah. direct worship like you're referring to before. Absolutely. That, this is the era that we're in now, you know, we, because the message of Christ and the worship of Christ has gone everywhere, you know, to make pilgrimage and in terms of specific localities of worship and building temples. Now nah, we've done with that. We're done with wood and stone and rocks. Now we look to heaven. And that's actually the point uh, that we're going to see in our Bible study. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. As I just said, that is the point that's made in our Bible study, and that is the very point that Paul is making to the philosophers of the Areopagus in Athens. Paul is here. He has been asked to come to the Areopagus, the center of philosophy in the greek world who were the prominent philosophers of you know the ancient world and pretty much of the west as well there's a there's a famous quote uh, from a philosopher and it's basically that all philosophical thought basically up until the modern era you know you had descartes come along in cartesian philosophy and ethics which very much shifted the landscape and you know then gave way for modernism and whatnot but before that point all philosophical, th- all thought in philosophy is essentially just re- a response to the ideas of Plato and Aristotle. Yep. This is this is this was this is the, our perspective of philosophy throughout the history of the Western world, and even as you know, Christianity came in was the dominant religion in Europe, and obviously then there were the you know the abuses of the of the medieval church and whatnot that we we look upon with great disdain. Those things caused caused the Protestant movement, and and it was actually the the Protestant movement that led
led a free thinking movement that gave room for the likes of Descartes and, you know, later, um, philosophers to be able to voice their opinions and ideas but up until that point yes western philosophy very much revolved around these ideas and these people that came out of ancient greece out of well plato and aristotle very much in the era before paul and now we've come to a time where there are neoplatonists they are stoics epicureans we've been talking about them all week paul at this point has started to build this bridge towards them well we said yesterday he built the bridge. Now he's sending his message across it, making some relatability. The unknown God. Hey, I see that you guys are very religious. You know, consider things. You're very smart. You've got this unknown God. I'm going to proclaim you him. And now today we're going to focus on not just the message, you know, of, of relatability that descends across this bridge. You could, you could say, so to speak, that he creates with them. But now he starts to send them a message of change and conviction. That's right. And we're going to actually see the results, the outcome of that. But let's read it. Actually, just start in verse 24. We started in verse 24 yesterday. Let's begin in verse 24 and read through to like verse 31. Verse 31, okay. Verse 24, friend, says this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples mm-hmm. and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Hey, just before we continue, we'll stop there because that's what we got up to yesterday. And the basic, if we can summarize the idea that Paul is sharing here is, you ascribe the creation of this world and the boundaries of this world to the unknown God. We've explained this a little bit throughout the week already, but preceding the kind of era of the, you know, the Plato and the Aristotle and the philosophy that they would share before that point, Greeks were, you know, pagans. And then because of their philosophy leading up to Plato, they had become very much naturalists. And they, they were like, okay, we have these personified Greek gods, but they they work within this natural world that we see around us. And one of the problems that that posed for them is, well, okay, if we've got a god for fire, but who defined the rules for fire? Like the god of fire works within the rules of Fire, and it's like, if we've got Zeus, and we've got this, who, who created these rules that dictate what the world looks like? And they ascribed all of that to this unpersonified force, the unknown God. They're like, there has to be a God above all of these gods who actually defined the limits of the world. And what Paul is essentially saying to them now is that that God who created everything, who you claim to not know, wants to know you. He's very real. He's very personal. He's obviously talking about Yahweh, the God of the Bible. He's very real. He's very personal. He wants to reach out to you and you can actually reach out to him because he is close. This is the point that Paul has made up until this point. Now let's bring it around. Let's pick it up in verse 28. Okay. Going to verse 28 and it says this, for in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere 
to repent of their sins and to turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice, but by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. I think I went a bit further. No, 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 that's perfect. That's perfect. Verse 31, that's exactly where we wanted to go. Awesome stuff, Matthew. Okay, so he picks it up in verse 28. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. being. Did these Greeks, did they have a, you know, and we've kind of outlined this already, but what was their view of God? Was God close or was he distant? Well, it's interesting because uh, you were alluding to the fact that these are learned men talking about philosophies. Mm. And there's a verse there that was saying that they would come to hear something new or share mm. something new. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're trying to devise a way of understanding how everything works. Mm-hmm. And so in answering of the question, if they had to resort to that, mm-hmm. it must mean that this is an unfamiliar God that they pushed him far away. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely, like literally that was the point of their philosophy. You know, that was the point. That was what Plato was trying to, uh, was trying to, that was what he was trying to achieve. And, and for the likes of Aristotle and all these guys as well, like it's where do we come from? What's the best way to live? How do we understand the world around us? And this is what the Greeks were very much wrapped up in. And that led them to the down the route of naturalism and of unknown forces. And, and even at that time, like if you look at, for example, Alexander the Great, like he very much subscribed to the idea of the survival of the fittest. And so did the rest of Greek Greece too. You can see that uh, amongst Spartans, for example, where they'd leave the babies out of the doorstep or whatever it may be. But like they had a basic view of survival of the fittest. They thought that life came from worms. And the reason they thought that is because they, when they would heap piles of rubbish up, you know, then the worms would get in there and the maggots and whatnot. And, and they'd be like, oh, this rubbish has created life, you know. And, and so they were just responding to the, in a very naturalist sense, they're like, okay, well, this happens from this and this happens from this. And they're trying to understand, okay, because we understand this, well, what's the best way to live? And, and so all of these ancient f- philosophers were also like exercise physiologists and they, were, they had lots to say about all of these different topics. Absolutely. And that's why uh, Paul says in that verse that they're feeling around because yeah. what he notices is that they rely on a lot of their senses. Mm. You know, if it's not touching, it's seeing what they yeah. observe. And that's right. That, that's the belief of naturalism. Comes that's in. right. But now he wants to draw them closer because he commends them. Yeah. He commends them using their language yeah. and he wants to draw them to spiritual themes. That's right. Because he says, and he says here, he's like, as he said, he said groping. He's like, oh, but we can actually grab hold. Yes. We can grab hold. And now he says... For in God, not in nature, not in unknowable forces, not, not for in God, yeah. we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So, Lawson, I've got a question for you. Uh-huh. We were discussing yesterday that you were referencing the movie Silence. Sure. I was just wondering how you're going to use that. Oh, <laughs> sure. Hey, we can get there eventually. I mean, so we were talking a little bit off air just about about a movie called Silence, which is, you know, Andrew Garfield, ne- Liam Neeson. And it's about like Jesuit priests going and doing evangelism in Japan, actually. And, actually, and it kind of has a sad ending because the priests lose their faith and whatnot. And, uh, and one of the things, one of the points that, 
causes them to lose their faith. You know, you've got this character that Liam Neeson plays and he's like the, he's the Jesuit priest who went there beforehand and abandoned his faith. And now he's embraced, you know, he lives in Japan, has a wife and kids and whatnot. And then you've got these other Jesuit priests who are there. They're, they're, well, Andrew Garfield, he's like, no, like, how could you abandon? Like, this is disgraceful. You know, they're converting, they're coming to a knowledge of the truth. And Liam Neeson, he's like, no, they don't understand. They don't understand the God of the Bible. I was they, saying it's impossible. They're saying it's impossible. They they only understand the worship of the sun. You know, they, they don't understand. Like, this yeah. is the big point. It's like, and even if they die for what they believe in, no, they're actually dying for you. This is blind allegiance. They will never, ever understand. Wow, that's not what Paul is saying about these guys. Yeah, but what Paul is saying is like, no, like, you have this understanding and now I'm giving you something more. Paul is preaching them with them to them from the perspective that you are learned men you can understand this even though what you think i'm saying is babble and we saw that in the last couple of you know days particularly regarding the resurrection that they're like nah this is this is nonsense it's like no like i'm sharing this with you because you can come to a conception of this that god loves you wants to be close to you we're going to pick this up in our next section you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different myself Law, and we also got Matthew in the studio getting it done. And Matthew, you got to bring for us, dude, our last question for the quiz this morning. I am, and we're setting sail off with this question. It is, what two nations did Daniel say would take over from Babylon? Whoa, hey, good Ooh. question there. Getting into some history, some prophecy. Yeah. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Again, that's 0491-064-669. Guys, this is your final opportunity to get in for the quiz this week. Look, in... 8, 8.45, 15 minutes, we're going to be spinning that wheel and having the draw. So, again, that number is 0491-064-669. And that question again, folk, it is, what two nations did Daniel say would take over from Babylon? Mm, amazing. So, Paul, he said to these philosophers, he's, he's explaining that God is in distance. He, the God has created everything. He's right here. He wants to know you. And he says, for in him we live and have our being, as also your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Verse 29, therefore, since we are his offspring, we ought not to think the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. I think the simple reality that Paul is trying to point out here is just that, hey, like God has created us, we can't. We can't create God. You know, there's, there's no amount of, of art that can justify his existence. Now, that being said, I'm, I'm a big fan of art. I'm a big fan of Christian art, you know, paintings of Jesus doing stuff and whatnot. But these are actions that are described for, for Greeks, you know, in their Greek religion. They're like, oh, we're going to make God like this because we believe this about him. We're going to make God like this because we believe this about him. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's, there's no art or stone or carving that could justify or give justice to who God is. Like, look at us, you know, look at, look at our, our bodies, look at, look at how amazing machines and, and beings we are. And, and we, um, now turning God into something lesser than us, which is, you know, gold or silver and stone. No, God is above us. Yeah. This is, this is the idea that he is sharing with them and, and he's making it clear. It's like God is above us. God is far greater than us. But then furthermore, 
again, like he is close to us and he's wanting to know us. And then do you want to read verse 30 for us? Yeah, gladly. Verse 30 says, God overlooked people's ignorance. I think that's beautiful. Mm. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins. Repentance and turn back. Repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, we see here the insight that is given by Paul. He says, well, ignorance God overlooked. Is that good news? Oh, beautiful good news. He's a gracious God. It's an act of grace. so good. Like, again, you know, people, I think, try to create false dichotomies of salvation. You know, skeptics of the Bible, they're like, oh, so you're telling me if I don't do this that I'm lost? And, mm. oh, you're telling me that everyone in China who has never heard Jesus is lost? No, 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 no. Like, God understands ignorance. Yes. God understands. And he says very clearly, he's like, I will judge fairly. Yeah. Like, it's it's not fair to judge people that don't know stuff. Like, there's a 100%. It's God judges fairly. God is a good judge. He looks at every situation fairly. But at the same time, he's like, but... He also is commanding all men to repent. Yep. Do you think that repenting is good for us? Do you think repenting is a good thing? Well, especially if it takes us from a view of error to the correct view. And, you know, I remember hearing this passage, which was discussed by a doctor named Neil Nedley, and he was quoting um, another author from the mm. book Ministry of Healing, and that, that was that nine-tenths of diseases begin in the mind, which mm. begs the question, what, hang on? I mean, most majority of the diseases are in the body. Yeah, but that's the after effect of thinking in error. Whoa. Yeah, that's so intense, hey. Yes. And I think if I can relate that to, to what we're saying here in the Bible and what's being shared by, by Paul, yeah. it's like, hey, we now have the opportunity to make conscious decisions to come back to God despite our situation, despite yeah. what's happening in our lives, despite you know our status, despite where we're we have the ability to come to God um, and to, to repent, to live a life with Him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had the history that shows the children of Israel. When they went astray from God, they ended up in Egypt. Mm-hmm. They almost lost all identity of God. They only knew Him as uh, the great I Am. Mm. Uh, but He had many names and more and very important ones. I mean, what, what, how about, for instance, we take Josiah. He finds the book of the law for one of his servants. Mm. They didn't even know how to worship him. And by that time, they had all these kind of uh, right. idolatry way of, of worshiping mm-hmm. him. But he gets rid of those. He makes reforms and tries his best to get like a sort of a correct Passover put in place. Mm. That's done in a bit of ignorance as well. Um, but to God, it was credible. He That's right. their ignorance. That's right. Absolutely. And this command for all men to repent, it's like now that you are, you're coming out of your ignorance in some sense, in some sense, in some sense you know, you, you, these guys are Jew, uh, I mean, sorry, they're Greeks, they're Gentiles. It's like you're coming out of your ignorance. I'm sharing with you the truth. God is calling you to repent. You know, Romans makes very clear that all men are condemned before God. And the reason is because we all have a conception or understanding of right and wrong yeah. and morality. Now what's being shared is like, hey, you have the ability to come out of that con- condemnation. But then furthermore, Paul gives them some insight as to how that's actually possible. Hmm. He says in verse 31, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. As we've said, he will judge righteously fairly by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him 
from the dead. Oh, it is that, and this is the the grand point that Paul is making. He hasn't even used the name yet, mm-hmm. but he's like, guys, we can see and understand and prove with our senses, with our eyes, you know, with our ears, that God loves us and He wants to be close to us. Because of the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, awesome. Powerful. So what you're saying to me essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. he's preaching Christ and him crucified. That's right. He is preaching Christ and Jesus crucified as an example, a literal observable example of the closeness that God wants to us. Again, he's talking to Greek philosophers. Wow. He's talking to naturalists. He's talking to people who look at the world around them and observe and make judgments based on those observations. And he's saying, we have observed the love of God through Christ Jesus. And this reality, this observation points to, as this, the same as you, the same as your observations point to a maybe a metaphysical reality or a philosophical reality of, you know, as we said before, they see worms and they're like, oh, life must come from worms and survival of fittest, that kind of thing. It's like, we have seen Christ crucified. We have seen the love of God. And what this points us to is the fact that there is a God in heaven. He will judge the living and the dead. Because of the resurrection? He, he is causing all people to repent. And we know this. Or he's calling all people to repent. We know this because we have seen Jesus live, die, resurrect. God, the Son of God himself, give his life for the world. And now pointing forward to... Not just, you know, that's not only impressive that Jesus resurrected, but he's pointing forward to a resurrection of the dead and an eternal life that will be determined by, you know, who receives it and who doesn't receive it will be determined by their acceptance of Jesus. That's that's the, the judging here. Now, again, that acceptance of Jesus, we're talking about in times of ignorance, God overlooked ignorance. We're also, God is a fair judge. People have the ability to respond to God, even if they don't know the name of Jesus, but he's calling them to a life with Jesus. And what's amazing here, you know, we brought up silence earlier and the perspective that's shared in that movie that, oh, they don't, they don't have a conception of God. They can't know him. We see that in response to Paul's preaching, we see Dionysius, the Arapagite, one of the philosophers, he repents. We have Damaris and others with them who repent and who come to a worship of God. They're like, yes, we can understand. God loves us. He wants to know us because of this explanation that Paul has given. And they make both a mental and a spiritual ascent. They're like, yes, we want to follow Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey, let's get into... Oh, my friends. No more questions left. Not even... Well, we will give answers, but not right now. All we need to do is spin the wheel. So, if you're ready for it, let's spin that wheel right now. And it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's slowing down... And we have a winner for this week. Congratulations to David for for winning uh, the prize for this week, which is our morning and evening devotional. We'll send that one out to you as soon as possible. Congratulations. Now, hey, let's go through some of the answers to the quiz questions. You can get that for us, Matthew. You know, I just had a bit of a thought, if I can uh, share the question. You were talking about, uh, what called? they're all groping in the dark, remember, uh, that story of Paul. Mm. Maybe think of this verse, the one that says, When I was a child, this is Corinthians 13, 11 to 13. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see for a dark for a glass darkly. 
but then face to face, now I know just in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. So I found that pretty cool. We get to know God completely eventually. Absolutely. So if the answer is Psalms 48 says, the people shall take refuge under the shadow of God's what? It's its wings. That's the first one. Second one, what book comes between Desire and Nahum? It's, it's Micah. Mm. Jesus gave the parable of the sower while he sat. It's A, by the seaside. Mm. Fill in the blanks. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. That's the answer there, folk. And the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he or she live. John eleven twenty five. And the last one is, what two nations did Daniel say would take over from Babylon? Mm. And that's the Medes and the Persians. Oh, powerful stuff. Hey, congratulations to people who got questions right throughout the week who were answering in, doing a great job. I mean, we were having a great time here on The Breakfast Show. And also, just got to say as well, man, you guys got to be tuned in next week. Please. Please, you got to be tuned in next week. We're going to be having, you know, prizes and giveaways and stuff then, but next week's our last week of the breakfast show before Christmas break. We've got to finish on a high note. So you guys need to, you need to be in there. We're going to have, well, Matthew, we're super stoked that you've been with us throughout out this week, you know, filling in, doing a great job. But simultaneously, we're also looking forward to our, last week's the next week. We have two weeks left. Oh, Are you two? serious? We still got two. Am I? Okay. <laughs> I am so incorrect. Man, I was getting all sentimental. I was like, you know, I was about to weep with joy that I don't have to do this. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Then we get time off. No, no, no. But hey, well, look, we've got two weeks left, guys. I guess keep tuning into the breakfast show. But yeah, no, we have lots to look forward to and so many blessings. And, you know, if I could really reflect on Acts 17, what we've been looking at in our Bible study this morning and what you know it's if we can make a grand point out of looking at these stories the overarching theme has been reaching the unreached and the fantastic news is that the unreached can be touched by the love of god and can be moved by the message of christ and you know we can absolutely testify of that here at faith of him i know in my life in my story i come from a completely secular non-christian background i became a christian when i was 18 years old i was baptized you know and that was you know not a long process i did go to christian schools i had no interest in christianity at that time but in a specific time of my life i'm 17 years old going through difficulties struggles with addiction struggles with uh you know my family going through bankruptcy and divorce and just all all kinds of manners of challenges and feeling like is there even a point to life i came to the conclusion that wow there is (laughs) because jesus has given his life for me and he wants to work in my life he wants to work in my heart and he wants me to live for him and it changed my life it changed my life and i sit here now as a recipient of that love of that grace got some text messages coming through as well uh david the winner of our prize a blessed dear family hallelujah amen uh wayne writes in he says hey lawson brother going to your favorite place next week new zealand <laughs> so have a good christmas and a happy new year to everyone oh that's exciting wayne i always make fun of new zealanders but they're all right hey let's Kai writes in, she says, Baha Lawson already holiday mode. Yeah, man, I was keen for it. I was I was excited. Now, obviously, we love being here on the radio waves on Faith FM, sharing positively different news with you guys, and also being able to lift up Christ and all that we do and all that we say and, and reflecting on the fact that he's worked in our hearts, he's worked in our lives, he's worked in our minds, and he is going to continue to work until we see him again.
Guys, thank you for joining us so much. Have a fantastic week. And as we move further and further and closer and closer towards Advent, hey, may you guys grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.